Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 846, air date December 3rd, 2020. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I, uh, I'm going to be presenting to you the testimony that I was going to provide for the hearing in Michigan. Unfortunately, I think they had a limited time, and uh, I put out a note out on uh, Twitter saying, would people like me to present? And everyone said, yes, uh, please present. So even though it's late, I think I'll present. So we'll wait for people to come on. And uh, that's what we'll do. So uh, let's see. It is, okay, we've got about 400, 500 people joining. We'll wait. Again, I'm going to be sharing with you the actual testimony I was going to present in Michigan, similar to what I presented in Arizona, but it was going to be a little more educational because I knew the audience um, would uh, in Michigan uh, needed a little more details to really talk about some of the data that I was going to present. So we'll wait till people come. Uh, great to have people who are saying, bring the light. Hi from Michigan. Great. Great to have people from Michigan, uh, Minnesota. Uh, Rob, Robin Deal, good to have you from Michigan. Uh, very unfortunate what took place there. Uh, I hope uh, what I'll share today will not only give some insight, but also will provide a solution that the committee right there could be doing right now. And we'll start with the solution when I start, and then we'll wind back to uh, talk about what, um, why I came to that conclusion. If people are listening to the hearing, there are many, many anomalies. In fact, one of the important anomalies that I heard was someone saying that the, that people put the paper ballots in there multiple times, which means uh, one vote, one ballot was counted many, many times. And we'll talk about the actual solution for that. So good to have people from Texas, Minnesota, uh, California, and we'll just sort of say hello to people as they're coming in. Canada, hi from Michigan, another person from Michigan. Good to have you, El Paso, um, Paula Fox, good to have you. Great, Iowa, we'll wait for people to join. And a couple more people, we have about 1,200 people. Um, so um, that's what I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna literally share with everyone the testimony I was gonna uh, give today uh, but again, as I said, I'm going to start with the solution. So let me start right away. But um, as many of you know, uh, one of the important things that we've, we've done here is, you know, in the Senate run, you know, I have not, I've never conceded my Senate race. We have two lawsuits that were filed, um, but we're expanding our movement for uh, the Senate race to a broader movement for truth, freedom, and health. And those of you who want to find more about it, please take time to go to uh, vashiva.com. We're building a lot of infrastructure uh, technology infrastructure. You can go to the website. You can see the different posts I've done, but you can also go vashiva.com slash join if you want to find uh, ways that you can um, join and support what we're building here. We're building a national movement for truth, freedom, and health. There's a good video up there that'll educate you. You can join the movement. There's workshops that I'm running, but please take advantage of that. But I'll come back to that. But today, let's really talk uh, about the testimony I was going to give. So let me jump right into it. So um, let's see, here we go. Okay. So the, one of the main things I want to talk about is that, uh, coincidentally today is the day 50 years ago, as I did in one of my tweets and posts 50 years ago today is when my parents and I left India on my seventh birthday. Today's my, I'm 57 uh, on my seventh birthday. Literally my parents left India, uh, for really three reasons. They wanted a, a, a land, uh, that there would be rule of law. Number two, that you could speak the truth openly and freely without any uh, uh, retribution or attacks. 
And three, one person, one vote. As you know, I grew up in what was known as the Indian caste system. And in that system, you were treated less, as a, less than a human being. So to me, when I read, you know, when I came to the United States and I read in history class, you know, the three-fifths compromise where in 1787, they said a, a slave was three-fifths of a human being or the Dred Scott case where he tried, uh, Dred Scott tried to challenge, um, you know, uh, he, he, you know, to get, get his rights. They said, well, you're an enslaved black man. You only, um, you know, you're not a citizen. So you're also three-fifths. And that was really, it, it took until 1964 in the famous Judge Warren's uh, case where he ruled that the Equal Protection Clause, and it, and it clarified that one person, one vote. Well, today, the real issue is because of these technologies, we do not have one person, one vote anymore, or that's not guaranteed. So that's really the preface I wanted to give. So let me jump right into it. Um, let me go right here. So I hope everyone can see this. So this was what I had prepared to give testimony. It's called a pattern recognition analysis of Michigan 2020 Trump Biden and engineering systems approach. And um, uh, as Mayor Giuliani, if you remember in Arizona asked, what is my background? Well, my background is, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, but it's really in mathematics, science, technology. And most of all of my degrees are really in some form in computation, what's called pattern recognition or scientific visualization. And there's a bunch of other you know, awards that uh, I've earned over that period. But here's, uh, I'm gonna jump right into these, uh, the electronic voting systems. So um, as I've shared before, and again, this, was, this would have been to educate the legislators if they wanna listen, they should listen to this. But in these electronic voting systems, you know, P number of people, let's say a number of voters come, let's uh, assume that's a variable P, and that's really the, those who voted, okay? So when people come to a precinct, P people come in, okay, to vote. And on the other side, you you have votes, right? So you put P number of ballots in, you should get votes, which is really the votes reported. Now you would think um, in this model, P should equal V. So if you have 100 people coming in, put their ballots in those electronic systems, you should get 100 votes. So is that really true? That's the fundamental question here that we need to all ask. Is this really true? So. That's what the question is, is this true? Well, I can tell you from firsthand experience when we saw the fraud committed to, in Massachusetts on September 1st, and then we went and did our own due diligence, which I recommend all of you do, wherever you are, uh, I've put up a way, a very simple way, you can go to your town clerks, your city clerks, and ask them to give you the list of voters, P, that voted, and they're supposed to give you that by law, it should take them 10 days, and you can ask them how many ballots were cast. So that's what, uh, we did in Massachusetts and we issued a bunch of these public records requests, only seven of them were ever returned. And look what we found here. So this is P, the number of people who, who voted, right? So in Boston, 142,911 people voted. In Lawrence, 8,811. In Newton, uh, 30,284. So they literally gave us a list, a spreadsheet of here are the names of Bill, Bob, Joe, who actually voted. And you can also get these. Then we actually looked at how many votes these people cast. If this is P, and look what we find here, um, that in Boston, for example, 142,911 people uh, participated. That included mail-in ballots, early voting, you know, at the polls, provisionals. But it turns out that um, you had 147,025 actual votes coming out. Well, that means 
that you had 4,114 more votes than voters. So this is something we saw here, which means V or P, in this case, votes, more votes than voters. That's what we see here. So fundamentally, what you find out is that P cannot equal V. We think it should equal V, but it doesn't. And why is this? Why? How could this be possible? Remember, these election officials are being paid to do something very simple, which is just to count votes, okay? They're not supposed to calculate, they're supposed to count. So what we find is that when I started doing this research, when I saw this phenomenon, you know, I had election integrity people like Bev Harrison, Benny Smith, and uh, John Brakey, people have been doing this for a while. They gave me information that turns out that these systems have a weighted race feature. And this is really what the real issue is here. You know, it's like, let's say someone's committing fraud in your company, right? They could be making up receipts and all this kind of stuff. But the real issue is in the accounting systems, okay? Those are just sort of symptoms. That's what the mail-in ballots and all these things are. The real issue is the weighted race feature. And what is that? Well, what that does is if you got P number of people coming in V, what we're saying is we think V should equal P, but what these what these weighted race feature allows is you can take the number of people came in and multiply them by a weight, okay? You can multiply them by the weight. That's why what I shared in Arizona, when we ran all those possible uh, possibilities to recreate the election, it turns out that Mr. Biden's vote was multiplied by 1.3 and President Trump's vote was reduced by 0.3, okay? So this weight in that case was 1.3 or 0.3. So when you look at it this way, this means P cannot equal B because you're multiplying by weight, especially if that weight is greater than one or less than one. So I hope that's clear. So to make it even further clear, this is not some fiction. Here is the Diebold manual uh, of 2002. This goes back to early 2002. The Diebold election systems is one of the sort of the great grandfathers of many of these systems. So all of these systems, you know, migrated features from there. But what do you see in the Diebold manual? If you go to page 2-126 of the Diebold election systems manual, what you will see here is there's a page on 2-126, which literally says there's a thing called a weighted race. It says weighted races are tallied by weights. Let me zoom in on it. Weighted races are tallied by weights assigned from the voter registration and may be counted in central vote centers only. Let me repeat that. Weighted races are tallied by weights. So this is a documented feature, just to be very clear, in the manual. And our um, view is, and our uh, the the, uh, the feedback that we have from people who use these systems, that all of these systems, be it Dominion, ENSS, Smartmatics, all of them have this capability to do this weighted race feature. So this is one of the most central points that you need to understand. Now, the question is, one of our research goals was, can we detect when the weighted race feature is enabled? Because when I saw this here in Massachusetts, we saw these anomalies in Arizona and Georgia, the central question is, can we actually detect this? Can we detect this? Okay, well, in order to detect it should frankly be very easy. If, yes, if the Secretary of State gave us the ballot images, right? What are those ballot images? That's why in today's hearing, what I wanted to emphasize is people are talking about people taking ballots and putting it in those scanners multiple times. Well, if you take a single ballot and you put it there 10 times, guess what? You're gonna have 10 copies of that ballot image. The same ballot would have been scanned 10 times. But if you look into the file, it'll be 10 different files and they'll have a different file, a different timestamp on it with the same barcode. 
It's a very simple thing. This committee right here, the committee right here uh, should ask one thing. They should ask the Board of Election Commissioners to give them the ballot images. It's done. That's how you solve this issue. And it's quite unfortunate that none of those people really knew about this to ask this. That's all that needs to be done. So we'll come back to that. So when you look at the real issue here is that, so we went to the Secretary of State, you know, in Massachusetts and we said, hey, give us a ballot images. And I'm sure in Michigan, it's unclear whether they'll give them, right? The ballot images are the ballots that are scanned. The cast vote record is for every ballot, it counts the votes and it creates one record. You put all of those records together and you actually get the election outcome. So if the if the secretaries of state gave this to us, we wouldn't even have to hold any of these hearings, you could check it. But what happens is the secretaries of state, including in Michigan, including in Massachusetts, and the state election directors in most states stonewall access to this information. They make it very difficult. And in fact, in some states, like I know in Massachusetts, they literally just delete the ballot images. They delete the CVR and they delete the LVR. And, and on top of it, they do this by turning off the feature for ballot images, um, for, uh, making it impossible to verify the election results from the electronic voting system. So let me be clear, the ballot images are the scan of the ballot. They become the ballots because that's what's actually being counted and tabulated. So I hope that's clear. Okay, so so the simple thing would be just simply give us a ballot images if these guys gave it to us, right? But what they're doing is they stonewall it and they actually turn off the feature after they're tabulated, which basically means they're not stored, which means deleted. Okay, why are they doing this? Why do they do this? And it's a question every American, whether you're left or right, Republican or Democrat should ask. It's very simple. Memory isn't very inexpensive these days. They're violating federal law by doing this. Again, this was not brought up at this hearing, which should have been. 52 USC 20701 clearly talks about all records generated in connection with a federal election must be saved for 22 months. So just think about that, all records. So when that are generated, a paper exists, it's scanned, guess what's generated? The image. That image is what's used to do the ballot counts. That's what's reported. Well, these counts should match one to one with the ballot images but they're deleting them, which is a violation of federal law. So the question is, why is this happening? But more importantly, why is the Department of Justice, the Department of Justice is not investigating this violation. We brought it up here, we met with them, nothing. In spite of knowing about it, because this is a federal law, right? It's not a state law, this is a federal law. So the Department of Justice is not enforcing this. They're walking away, they're turning a blind eye to this. And that's, that's part of the real problem here. So therefore, the only thing we can do is pattern recognition. You wouldn't need a guy from MIT uh, involved in this process if they simply gave us a ballot image because anyone could review them and find out and audit them. So we had to do pattern recognition. We had to figure out what's going on. So what is pattern recognition? You have an input, you have a system, you have an output, okay? You're trying to figure out what's the normal state of that system and you're trying to figure out what's the abnormal state of that system. And this is what, you know, I spent, about 50 years of my life doing, and I'll talk about examples. So if you take the heart, that's a system, the cardiac, cardiovascular system. So now imagine that you understood the normal state. You know, if you talk to a cardiologist, they'll say, oh yeah, this pattern is a normal heart. Everything's functioning right. And then they would say, well, this is an abnormal state. If you see it go like this, a sinusoidal wave, it's what's called a sine wave. 
But the problem is this is ventricular fibrillation. So the point is this is normal, right? Normal state. This is actually an abnormal state, which means that it's a symptom of a disease, ventricular fibrillation, or it is ventricular fibrillation, okay? So abnormal and normal state. That's why patterns are so cool. So you can use what are called signal detection methods to find the normal state. And you can find many, many different abnormal states. So for example, for many years, when I first got, when I was 14 years old, when I was creating that first email system in that medical school, initially I was looking at babies' sleep patterns and trying to predict when the baby would stop breathing. So the babies have these different sleep patterns. And if you could predict when the sleep pattern was off, anomalous, then you could say, wait a minute, let's wake up that baby so it doesn't stop breathing. Another case is we used to try to figure out what were the defects in bridges without having to open them up. So we'd send a sign, you know, a, a radar wave into them and look at the signal back. And we could say, wait a minute, over here, and if you go 10 feet deep, you're going to have some issues, right? Again, pattern analysis. I used to do uh, my master's work was looking at a aircraft wing in a plane and you send a signal in. So you don't have to, you don't want to break up the wing to find out something's wrong and you would get these different signals denoting or oh, maybe the composite fibers are wearing off maybe there's an erosion there so these signals tell you about that the current company i run cytosol we actually look at signals of inflammation for example and we try to figure out what combinations of food cause that again a pattern analysis problem i did this for many years with email i could look at a signal in email and then figure out is that email an angry customer wants a refund or complaint versus a normal case. So, in fact, um, uh, you know, one of my patents that I filed was to be able to do this, which says there are steps that you can do to do this pattern analysis. And the three steps that we talk about in pattern analysis, what's called feature extraction, where you try to figure out it, you're trying to figure out a signal, right? Then you try to put those signals into abnormal and normal states, which is clustering. And then you try to learn from that, okay? So the learning process takes place. So here we're trying to, in the case of election fraud, we're trying to say what's the normal state and what's the abnormal state, okay, in Michigan, okay? So our first objective, again, if they'd given us a ballot images, we wouldn't even be having to do this. So let me just, right, so those of you joining us, if, we, if they gave us a ballot images, we would not have to do any of this rocket science work, but they did. So the first objective we did was, can we determine a feature of the signal, right? Determine feature, like what's a way that we can characterize, you know, what 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 a signal looks like. The net next thing is our goal is to determine the normal and abnormal states. Okay, what is not election fraud? What is election fraud? Okay, and then we're going to develop models. This is a future thing that we're going to plan on doing. But let me today is really about objective one and what we found in Michigan. So feature and signal extraction. By the way, in face analysis, people do this. You know, you don't have to get every pixel in your face, people just measure a couple of distance measures. Oh, they measure this distance, the distance between the eyes, the distance between the lips, and they can say with a few numbers, oh, that person's Caucasian, that person's um, uh, this face, that face. So that's called the distance measure. And, and this is sort of the art of pattern recognition because you trial and error and you figure out what distances you should measure and voila, you can pretty much capture stuff. So, so now we're gonna talk about in Michigan, okay? What is the feature that we extracted to start figuring out the signal? So in Michigan, uh, we have to step back a little bit and understand the physics of what's going on here. There's two types of voting in Michigan. People can vote individually for candidates, right? They can just vote 
for a particular candidate, which means you can go to the precinct and say, I'm going to just vote for whoever I want. Could be a person who's an independent. I'm going to vote for Biden uh, or Trump in the presidential. I'm going to choose candidate A or B. You're not really party affiliated. So that's one way of voting. It's called individual candidate voting. The other ways you can vote by party. I'm a Republican. You just check off one thing and you're just voting for all the Republicans. You don't have to select. Okay. This is a la carte. And this is essentially where you're selecting for all the party uh, parties. So you say I'm a Democrat and you're just voting in one fell swoop. Now, in Michigan, each precinct tracks a voter, either as casting a straight party vote or an individual candidate vote. OK, so we have that data and we were able to get that data. So now we know that's what's going on. So what's the feature? The feature uh, our team came up with was the selection is a distance measure, as in the face analysis. What's that feature? It's basically what we're going to say is we're going to look at the percent that in a precinct, in a particular precinct, what was the percentage of people who voted, let's say, individually for Trump and that, uh, or, or, or Mr. Biden or President Trump. And, and then we're going to subtract from that the percentage of people in that precinct who voted the straight party vote, okay? Let's say for the Republican Party. So this is called a distance measure. So we're going to look at, okay, 20% of people in this precinct voted for individually for Trump. And then, you know, uh, 30% uh, Republic, you know, voted straight party. So you'd get minus 10 in that case. And we'll walk you through this. Then you take that feature and you plot it, that feature versus the percentage straight party vote. So that's called the signal. Okay, that's what we did here. So let, let me give you an example. So, and I know it may seem just to keep the math simple. Let's say 200 voters went into a precinct in Michigan, let's say in one of the counties, 200 voters go in and let's say hundred of them say, Hey, I want to vote straight party, which means, and let's assume in this case, 60 of them voted straight party Republican, which means in that case, president Trump would have gotten 60% uh, in this case votes from there because he was a presidential candidate from the Republican party. And let's say, 40% uh, for Democrat candidates, right? So Mr. Biden would have got 40 in that case. So that's from the straight party. Let's say the other 100 people voted for individual candidate. Let's say 65 voted for Trump, right? So that means he got 65% of the individual candidate votes and 35% for Mr. Biden. That means he got 35% uh, uh, of those, okay? So what we're saying, the feature we're gonna plot is the individual candidate vote for Mr. Uh, President Trump, 65, minus the percent Republican straight party vote, which is 60. So that difference is 5%. And we're literally, I'm gonna show you an example that, so we plot the feature, which is this distance measure. And a lot of people are just sort of adolescent mathematicians. I said, oh, you can't subtract percentages. No, what we're creating is a feature here. It's not just simple math, we're creating a feature. So in this case on the x-axis, we put uh, 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 the individual votes, right? Which in this case is 60%. I'm sorry, on the, uh, yes. So on the x-axis, we're looking at 60%, which is this number right here. Okay. And on the y-axis, we're putting the difference because Ms. President Trump got 65% uh, individually minus the 60. So you get a measure. So that's what it looks like. So this x-axis, we're saying 60%. So that blue dot represents a precinct. So that blue dot's a precinct. So 60% of people in that precinct voted straight Republican party. Okay. Which means probably 60% or at least 60% are Republicans. And then if you look, if this is a zero line, which is people voted, um, 
which, which means above the zero line, you're subtracting those number of people who voted for President Trump individually, and you subtract it from this. This was 65% minus 60, you get five, okay? So what this dot represents is really um, the height of that dot above the zero tells you that um, the president got more votes from people who weren't voting straight line Republican. And this is another example, okay? Now, what's interesting is if you go left to right, you know that over here is gonna be lots of Democrats, right? Because this is going right, left to right. It, you increase in Republicans, maybe a mixture of Democrats, independents, Republicans, and then you get to lots of Republicans over here, okay? So this is an example where this precinct was very low, 7%, very low straight party Republican, probably not a Republican precinct, but it also says here that um, uh, the president probably got 12%, 12% because 12% minus seven would give you 5%, 12% people voting individually for him. So maybe there were Democrats who flipped. So now we're gonna, so now you understand that signal, let's go to the normal and abnormal states, okay? Remember in signal detection, what's the normal, what's the abnormal? So I'm gonna share with you now data that's, this comes experientially from people who've been in the field, just like when I studied with a guy on sleep patterns, I mean, the guy was doing it for 20 years, right? Um, he knows the field. And this is what a lot of mathematicians don't get. These fields are very domain specific. So people who have looked at this feature in this data will tell you that this is what it typically looks like, okay? You notice it's got this little hy hyperbolic curve. So we're looking at uh, Alabama, Jeff Sessions, a Republican. So again, the x-axis from left to right is 0% Republicans all the way to 100% Republicans, which means the x-axis is plotting the percentage of Republicans who voted straight party. So over here, 100% voted straight party, and over here, 0% voted straight party Republican because there was very, this is more Democrat, okay? Now what you notice is, as you move left to right, you do expect the curve to go up because there's no real Republican straight party, so the votes are gonna come from, let's say, Democrats and independents and then over here, you get to this middle section, which will be going to be this mixed crew of Democrats, Independents, Republicans. And as you move to the right, obviously, you get more and more and more Republicans, okay, who are going to vote straight party. And this is going to be bigger than the people who vote individually. So it's going to go uh, below zero towards a negative. That makes sense, okay? And you get this curve, okay? So as you move, uh, and this is what's called this normal parabolic curve, you see. And this is, I just want to share with you that this pattern if you were a cardiologist like you saw that wave, those people who look at elections using this feature will tell you that this is this is normal, okay? And this is in John McCain's race, okay? Same thing, you know, it goes, at, again, you have Democrats here. You As you move to the right, some of the Democrats are flipping, then you get into this sort of noisy area. And as you move more and more Republican, more and more people are voting straight party or getting less individual votes. So the first number is less than the second number and you go negative here, okay? So that makes sense. Now, what we did was we looked at Saginaw County in Michigan, which is a small county. And guess what we see there? We see this same feature there, right? We see this same curve as you move. And this is what, so this means there's, in, 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 in our opinion, there's not fraud here. As you look at here, you get the same beautiful hyperbolic pattern, okay? So that is the normal state. And if I were to look at this curve, it's really made up of a little sloping line here. And you can think about there's a flat area and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of estimating this. This could really be a little arc. And this is made up of 
another uh, line here, just to let you know that this, this curve is made up of multiple little pieces of curves, okay? So if you were to look at it, you can look at this, and this is what this pattern looks like. It's composed of, it's not just a line, it's composed of people and uh, different features. And I could probably get it more accurate. I could probably use multiple curves to estimate, them, multiple lines to estimate this. But you really have really a function. It's not just one straight line. It's this function and this function and this function. So the entire curve here, u of x, is a function of multiple pieces. So simply put, without getting too mathematical here, that curve is a curve and it's made up of multiple little functions. It's very, it's a complex curve, okay? It's not just one curve, okay? So that's really the takeaway. So this is what we're calling the normal signal, okay? So if you see this, you know, okay, things are pretty kosher, okay? You have a sort of a gut instinct, no different than a cardiologist seeing, seeing that wave I talked about. So the question now is, what is an abnormal state? What does an abnormal state look like? Now in Saginaw County in Michigan, we saw that curve. So what we did was we did an analysis of Oakland County. We did an analysis of, of Kent County and Macomb County, much larger counties, higher population. And I'm gonna share with you what we found there. And this was what was quite um, concerning is what do you see here? This is the early vote counting. Again, you have Republican straight party here, and but you see a line, okay? You don't see that curve, you see a straight line. So that's in the early voting, and we looked at the election day, same thing. You see a straight line. And now, you know, when we looked at this, we consider this an abnormal signal. Why? Because it's just a line. It's just a line. It doesn't have that parabolic arc. It's just a single function. It's me missing a lot of those other features, okay? It's unnatural, and it's completely linear. You do not expect this because life is a little more complicated. You should have that parabolic arc. And what do we see here? in oakland county we see let me go back here we see early voting or election day and remember every dot here is a precinct you see this phenomenon okay now we said okay well let's go to macobe county same thing i mean it's a bounded line okay and same thing here another bounded line during early voting or election day well then we went over to kent county okay what do we see here even more pronounced it's again a beautiful straight line here and in fact, if you were to put a box around it, these, this fits beautifully nicely. You don't expect this, okay? This is not that curve and it doesn't make any sense, okay? It's highly unexpected, it's an anomaly. So if this is the normal function, the normal curve, I wanna say that what we have here is you're not having that line curve, instead it keeps going straight and straight, okay? You just get a line. That means as you move from left to right, in this case, President uh, Trump's votes keep going down linearly. It doesn't matter whether you're at this part of the curve or here, it just keeps going down. This is what's important to understand. This pattern shows that as you move from Democrat to Republican, he's got a straight line. It's not that sort of complex arc. It's this beautiful straight line, very predictable straight line. And you could, in fact, in using ninth grade algebra, you'd say this function is a simple line, which is this function is y equals minus mx plus b, where m is a slope. And you can go look this up, but it's a simple equation of a line, all right? And so we, what we believe we found is you have the normal state, which is that beautiful you know, parabolic curve, and then you have the abnormal state, which is a line. And this is no different than going to the cardiology example, 
the cardiologist sees this complex function. And here, um, you would see just a sine wave. Now, some very, unfortunately, ignorant mathematicians, when I put this out, said, oh, what is Shiva talking about? It's just a line. Well, that would be ignorant saying, oh, it's just a sine wave to a cardiologist, okay? He would think you're an idiot because this sine wave, yes, it's a sine wave. Well, this sine wave means you have ventricular fibrillation. No different than this is what you believe a normal state is. And, and so, someone said, oh, it's just a downward sloping line. So what? Well, you're sort of foolish because that's not what it should be, okay? That's the bottom line. It should not be a downward sloping line because that, what that means is it's beautifully programmed as you get more and more Republican, you're, you lose a, a beautiful uh, linear percentage of votes. So that's what we're looking at. So just think about this for a second. Just look at this. Does this look so bounded, so beautiful, right? It looks very predictable, very machine-like. And that's what the power of pattern analysis. Now, if they'd given us a ballot images, I wouldn't have had to spend sleepless nights with our team doing this. But this is what you have. You have this function. Now, so what do we find across these three major counties? Well, first of all, President Trump loses votes in direct proportion to percent Republicans in a precinct. Just think about that. As you go from 0% Republicans in precinct to 100%, he, the, the votes are lost in that, let me go back to this, in that, you know, this beautiful line, right? More, more Republican as you're going left to right, you lose more votes, more votes, more votes. It's like a computer program, it's a line. You could easily program this, okay? So it's too linear, it's machine-like, it's a line. That's the most important thing. It's a constant slope. It's not a parabola with varying slopes. And this is why I would like to assert that a weighted function was imposed on reality. That weighted function is that slope of that curve. So this is what we're looking at. This is not a normal phenomenon. And that's what the big takeaway is. So when we really look at this, you know, this weighted race feature like this, that you can impose these functions, you get these beautiful straight lines means that we don't have one person, one vote. So, you know, the legislators, you know, if I had a chance to present today, um, which unfortunately was a small, short hearing, is that number one, they need to ban electronic voting systems right now. And we need to go back to hand count and paper ballots because of the fact that a weighted race feature could be added, which you get this beautiful straight line. And one of the key things, here's a real solution. What this committee should do, if you look at the anomaly I've discovered here, or our team has discovered here, or what that woman was talking about, she was saying people had stacks of ballots, they would jam, they would put it in, take it out, put it in again, and put it in again. Well, what that means, the only, what that means is every time you put in a paper, it's gonna generate a ballot image. Well, if all of those papers were the same ballots, they all have codes on them, barcodes. That means if someone put that in 10 times, you're gonna have 10 images with the same barcode, but they're gonna be timestamped differently. That's why one of the most important things here to do is a committee must request of each board of election commissioners to submit to them the ballot images. That's how you solve this. And, and uh, you know, I was trying to get a hold of Mayor Giuliani with one of his um, colleagues. This is what should have been asked at that hearing to ask the board of election commissioners to submit to them the ballot images. And what can you do? The call to action for all of you should be you should issue a public records request. All of you in your towns or your cities, you should issue a request, one, to get that number P, which is you can ask your um, your committee uh, in your town to say, give me the list of participating voters. And the second thing is give me the list of the ballots cast. Now, P should equal V. This is something all of you can do right now. 
And because if P does not equal V, then the weighted race function or there was tampering taking place, or maybe, I don't know, we don't know what happened, but this is a fundamental issue. And that's why um, uh, it's very important to get these ballot images. So in conclusion, the testimony I would have shared was A, the inputs and the outputs of our voting systems are unverifiable. And what we need, this is a real solution. We need permanent voter registration cards. We need open source software or hand counter paper ballots. Uh, we need hand marked paper ballots. We need to save the ballot images for federal law. It's a crime that Attorney General Barr has done nothing about this. I'm really, really disappointed with that. The other thing is we need to publish the ballot images to the cloud. They're public property, put them up to the cloud. All of us should be able to just go to the cloud and count, do a public recount. And the other thing is we need automatic audits. What that means is at the precinct level, you know, you get X number of people coming in, mail-in ballots, all those things. The ballot images are created and then the system actually tabulates those ballot images and creates what's called a poll tape. Well, on election night, we should just publish that. They don't do that. They take the memory cards and they transfer it to all different levels up and that's where the manipulation can take place. So this is really how we solve this. So uh, the solution is we must get the ballot images. We must start implementing these kinds of processes until then, we should just go back to the good old fashioned way of hand counted paper ballots. Otherwise, none of the stuff you can trust because it's garbage in, garbage out. That's what's going on right now. You're garbage in, garbage out. So let me take any questions people have. I, have, I hope this was valuable. We did that in a short time, um, but that's what my presentation would have been today. I hope uh, everyone gets it. So the bottom line is using pattern analysis, what we've detected in Michigan is a serious anomaly, this little, very, very machine-like straight line. It shouldn't look like that. And that's the fundamental issue. And the way we can resolve this is to get the ballot images because the ballot images will tell the truth, but they make it difficult to get the ballot images. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Uh, someone says they have pallets of ballot images. Get this to Rudy. Yep. If anyone has, get um, I'll, I'll get it to Rudy shortly. Uh, great job. You're a good teacher. Thank you. It's good to know. Um, good. Yeah. So part of you know part of the goal here is I really wanted to take the time here to teach all of you because if someone says good presentation and I value that because you need to learn, teach, and serve. Take this presentation. It's up on YouTube. It's up on um, you know. Facebook, it's everywhere. Share it with your friends right now. Do watch parties. You can use what I just shared to educate others. And that's what we really need to do. Okay. And, um, in, you know, what we're doing is we're building an educational movement for truth, freedom, and health. And those of you who are interested in that, please go to bashiva.com slash join. And, uh, it's free. You can join. We also have educational plans. If you want to support us, we support you back. I don't want people to just support us, contribute. We're building a lot of infrastructure, but uh, go right here and start watching this video because it'll really tell you what the knowledge you, you need to learn. You can join the movement. We give other videos, educational tools. You can sign up for my workshop that I'm doing that's coming up this weekend. It's called the uh, Foundations of Systems Workshop because my goal is to start teaching all of you so you can teach others. So please take this video, share it, 
Use it to teach others because you will learn how the voting systems work, why the ballot images are important. You'll understand pattern recognition and you really have, uh, you're getting sort of 50 years of knowledge in a short video. Anything else, Michelle? I think that's it. No. Okay. Okay, happy birthday. That's right. It is my birthday. Thank you. Remember, 50 years ago today, a little seven-year-old boy left India because his parents wanted rule of law. They wanted one person, one vote. They really wanted a place where you could speak freely and openly. You know, when I shared what occurred in Massachusetts, that the ballot images were destroyed, the Secretary of State contacted Twitter, had me shut down for 21 days. This is evil. You know, his name is uh, William F. Galvin. We filed two lawsuits and a goal is to take this guy down. We'll take it all the way to the Supreme Court. We need people to recognize we do not have one person, one vote in the United States anymore. And we've literally gone backwards back to 1757 with the three-fifths compromise in Massachusetts. We found out that my votes were cut, by, you know, my voters were basically two thirds. What we're noticing here with President Trump's cases, they've applied a linear weight, right? As the precincts become more and more Republican, right? He loses more and more votes. It's quite extraordinary. Okay, everyone, I hope this was valuable. Share it, get it out there. Thank you, thank you for the birthday wishes. Um, I, I've been working. Uh, my birthday gift to all of you is to share this knowledge and to, in fact, we filed uh, our affidavit and our lawsuit um, and she go read about it. Let me just show you where that is. Those of you guys want to go, just go to vashiva.com. Let me go there here. Uh, if you go to vashiva.com, let me share that with you. And you can find read the lawsuit. Uh, it's a very uh, well-written document. It, it's a, I think it's an inspiring document. Those of you like to get inspired today, just go, if you go to vashiva.com, you scroll down right over here. It says landmark lawsuit filed. And you can see it right here. You see it right here. This is a lawsuit and we put everything up here so you can actually read the lawsuit, which is right here for everyone to see. So I hope you all enjoy it and um, and read it. And we must fight because without one person, one vote, we don't have a democracy and that's where we're at. Thank you, everyone. Have a good evening.